Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm a feminist, but I'm wearing a maxi dress because I haven't waxed my legs. In, in over a month, in the summer. And a part of me thought, do you know what? Get them out, because then Margaret will think I'm a better feminist than I am. And the other part of me thought, no. <laughs> Cover them up. Cover, I've been doing play rehearsals and I just haven't had time. There's not a lot there, to be honest, because I've waxed them for so ah! long. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I was a werewolf under the table. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. I've waxed them for so long. I like smooth. I don't know what to tell you. I was born into a patriarchy. Judge me harshly. I like to be smooth. And if I'm honest with you, I like the pain of wax. It makes me feel alive. Okay. That's pretty unfeminist. Yep. <clears throat> I'm a feminist, but... I met Ryan Reynolds last week. I know. And I would rank that experience as not only my biggest achievement, but also a bigger achievement than that of any other woman, inc <laughs> including universal suffrage. You met Ryan Reynolds? I met bloody Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I had to cuddle with him. What? I know. That should have been key information. No, you buried the lead there. You well, had to he cuddle. put his arm round me. That counts, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would because, say. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, like... I don't know if you know this, but most Hollywood stars, when they do a picture, they hover their arm. So it uh, looks like they're putting their arm around you. But he actually put his arm around me. 
And I, I know, I've actually got, yeah. So excited and happy for you. I'm so thrilled. And then my friend photoshopped me groping his penis. Um, <laughs> didn't put that on Instagram. <laughs> I think it's best you don't. No. Um, I'm a feminist, but I used to be slightly judgy of grown women who fancied Harry Styles. Because I used to think, well, we remember him as a schoolboy on X Factor. What do you mean? You know, I wouldn't know whether to snog him or breastfeed him. I'm just like, no. But I have to admit, he's worn me down. Like, the way he is on stage. And, you know, on TikTok, and you see him or Instagram or whatever, and you see him working the crowd. All the videos of him, they aren't of him singing. They're of him working the crowd and being cheeky, like he's a comic. And there's something about him. And he has grown into a man. And he is ready for me. This is the thing before, he just wasn't ready for me. He was a, he was a boy. He was a boy. He, and he's always dated older. He really, really has. Yeah, you know, yeah. he has. He's always dated older. And people don't say, eh, you're a great such a... No, he likes an older woman. He likes, I think, he likes a pair of thighs that know what they're doing. How, how, how hairy are those thighs? Shut currently? up. Okay. Um, I will wax before I see the styles. I am... Um, uh, yeah, somebody, I once posted a, a photo of me and somebody replied, you look like Harry Styles. And I thought, you're going to have to work a lot harder than that to insult me. I mean, that's only a compliment, isn't it? Yeah, why would they? Like I Harry don't think Styles. that was. It? was that, could, how could that ever be intended as an insult? He was just, he was just officially declared um, <laughs> wow. the, one of the most handsome men in the world because of his golden ratio. Oh, really? Yeah, Not so, because The Guardian just decided to change the headline. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know, but apparently he is one of the most handsome men in the world because of some golden ratio or some such. But the main takeaway I think we've all got to take from this is if you know Harry Styles, he's ready for me now. <laughs> I was always ready, but yep. not, I wasn't ready for Harry. I just thought he was, a, I couldn't understand. A child. He's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. kid, he's no. like a kid. He hasn't, he's a man now, he's morphed. Do pass that message on. Well, age gaps do diminish oh, over time, yeah. don't they? Oh no, as Danielle Ward says, after 40, all bets are off. Yeah. But Harry Styles is not even 30. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was assuming it was the older person. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. No, no. I wasn't. Um, <clears throat> I'm a feminist, but I haven't seen Barbie yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I don't know if I will. My God, that was just... Oh, dear. Oh, Jess, dear. No, the audience Can I just tell you, Jess Foster Q did exactly the oh same. I'm a feminist, but last night. And I said, I haven't seen it either. <gasps> What's happened to us? I... I've been very... I know it's... We've, a, we're I've upsetting been, people. I've been very... No, I've been, I've been really, really... I, I do want to see it. I've been really, really yeah. busy. But there's something also about anything that's overhyped like that that I'm like, oh, you know. Just give us a cheer if you've seen Barbie. <laughs> give us a cheer if you enjoyed Barbie. <laughs> give us a cheer if you have not seen Barbie. <laughs> give us a cheer if you do not intend to see Barbie. <laughs> okay, they're here rather than Barbie, so I love you so much. <laughs> you haven't seen Barbie and you chose to come here. You are... You are Harry Styles is out, you're in. Um... <laughs> I, I would now snog any of you over Harry Styles because he's not here, is he? Unless he is. Harry, are you in? <coughs> no? Ryan Reynolds? No. Oh, Ryan's probably come to give down. you another, no. another little cuddle. Um, I'm a feminist, but the other day my, pers- my new personal trainer, who is really good actually, and I've been working for about a month, and I'm feeling, you know, sorry, and he asked me what my fitness goals were. Um, and I said, I just want to be healthy and strong. And for my arms to look like first term in the White House, Michelle Obama. He now calls me Michelle Obama. He calls me Michelle. Because I was like, I just want that, you know, that definition that she has. And I know it is not a noble goal to want your arms to look like Michelle Obama's arms. But why not? Why can't I have nice things? 
mostly I am getting out of bed in the morning to and just saying, just get it done, do a Zoom, just do the... And it's very hard what he does. It's all kind of kettlebells to the chin, kind of hard stuff. It's not just sort of jumping about a bit and having some fun and doing a bit of that. It is hard. It's really okay. hard. It's standing up with one leg stretched out while holding weights, all sorts of shit. But it is working. I am definitely getting fitter and stronger. But I just... Is it okay to want... The arms of... Okay, what I really said is... I want the... Okay, I'm going to confess. Oh, what I really said is... The arm, I want arms somewhere between a ballet dancer and first-term Michelle Obama. <laughs> and I do want that. Michelle... I'm mean, Sorry, Margaret, you're not Michelle. No, I'd I love do, it I, I do want Obama. that. I do want that. Oh, I've spent more time thinking about her arms than listening to her speak. That's bad, isn't it? That could have been an I'm a feminist, but... Indeed. They Indeed. are amazing. They are. Distractingly amazing. I'm a feminist, but I keep seeing shapewear being modelled by women with real bodies and thinking, I could do that, but also, yeah, I might be a bit sad if I was asked to do that. Is that bad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Well, the sound from the crowd has made it clear that you've taken it too far, Margaret. That's, you've missed, you've missed the amusing, oh, isn't that a bit naughty turn-off? And you've just gone straight into... Okay, can I tell you my equivalent of that? Um, I'm a feminist, but one time I was looking at headshots, you know, when performers have to have, like, nice pictures just to sort of, someone says, can we have a picture of your face for the flyer or whatever? And I was looking at new headshots, and I pointed at one, I said to Tom, my husband, does this look a bit Dove campaign for real beauty? And he said, no, darling, you look lovely. And I thought, well, that campaign's failed. Because he knew exactly what I meant. He went, no, you look lovely. Like Dove campaign for real beauty women. Did I, but he knew what I meant. Does this look like real beauty? Like, is this like... Real, uh, hang on. Is this beauty or is it real beauty in inverted commas? And I want the one... I want the beauty on the billboard, yeah, like the, the L'Oreal beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jennifer the, Aniston, the Jennifer Lopez. The definitely aren't. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah I'm not that. But no, I'm not, not that. Fancy. But sometimes in a clever light with the, the right makeup, a good photographer can make you look sure, like that. Sure. Just, we were talking backstage and I was saying, this is, in Germany, they say this is the chocolate, this is the chocolate side of my face. And it means this is the side of my face that is prettier and I like, I like better. And I was saying this is the chocolate side of my face, which it fully is. And Margaret claimed I didn't have a chocolate side, that they were both chocolatey goodness. Can you back me up? No, this side of my face is much prettier. This side of my face is... Does anyone see what she's talking about? I mean... No, you see, I mean, you'd be brave to say yes, but I honestly think... <laughs> well, either, you, either you're insane or I'm insane. You're insane. You're I, think it's all, I think it's insane. all of you. Um, okay, have you got any more? Or is that it? No, that's it. Okay, uh, well, I'm a feminist, but... No, I'm going to say one. On. Margaret Cable Smith is a feminist, but... Tonight, our guest said... Um, we said, do you want a drink? And uh, she said, yes, I'll have a whiskey. And Margaret said, no, 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 I don't drink before shows. I didn't say that. What did you say? No, I said, I don't, I, I'm not going to drink tonight, that's she all. She said, I'm not going to drink tonight. And I was like, because I had said to join, my, as I don't drink before shows, but to join my guests, to be polite, mm. I said, I'll have a vodka soda. Margaret went, no, 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 I'm not going to drink before the show. And I looked at her and I went, you are what? And then Margaret said, is this about me not being... As, um, as, 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 as uh, what did you say? Open to peer pressure as you. And I was like, yes, because Margaret and Michael Legg peer pressured me to drink when I said I don't drink before shows on their show, Do the Right Thing. 
and I ended up telling a story about how I'd gone to a spanking retreat in upstate New York. <laughs> it was really good, though. She went to a Dickensian-themed spanking was, retreat. That is true. I mean, you true. want to hear that story, right? I went, I did go, I went with a friend who was, it was around the Fifty Shades of Grey time. I was in New York. New York. Woo! Hey! Um, and... Uh, they said they were going and I thought that sounded really fun. And so I went and I would never have told that story. Of course not on the fucking internet. But now, oh, it's out there. Oh, it's fucking out there because they peer pressured me into drinking. I am a drinks bully. The, uh, the, the punchline of this story is Margaret Capon Smith has a Guinness. Live from Soho Theatre in London, the Spontaneous Shop presents to see you. I, here you are doing feminism on Saturday night. It's amazing. Not like those, you know, oh yeah, we're feminists on Monday morning. Yeah, maybe, but are you feminists on Saturday night? Yeah, they're all out. I don't know, watching Magic Mike or something. Going, oh yeah, I'm a serious feminist in the day. But no, we're feminists at night when we're drinking. We've come out for a bit of late night weekend patriarchy smashing. Boom. Um, just give us a cheer if you're more feminist than guilty. Just give us a cheer if you're more guilty than feminist. That does seem to be the makeup at Soho Theatre. At King's Place, I have to do it the other way round because the bigger cheer is always more for feminist. But in this room, I know who you are. I know how you've found your way to me. Um, so just give us a cheer if you think you have a feminist job in some way, shape or form. That's impossible, because I know who my audience are made up of. I know that's a sort of shyness, and a, that's an understated woman thing of going, I couldn't possibly say. Because I'll tell you, I know for a fact, my audience is made up of three kinds of people. The first are people doing something directly feminist or like working with refugees, literacy, something like that. The second, people working for the NHS or climate crisis. And the third, people who are doing PhDs about Virginia Woolf. <laughs> Just give us a cheer if you're doing a PhD about Virginia Woolf. Yes, there's always one. There's always one. There's always one. Is anyone seriously doing a PhD? Just give us a cheer. Has done a PhD? Give us a cheer. Yeah, there's always PhDs in my audience. I truly believe if we just locked the door for a good 48 hours, we could solve about 20% of the world's problems. There's so many brains. Who's got a PhD? Just give us a cheer. You have? Great. You're close to the mic. Um, what's your PhD in? Social welfare. Of course it is. Did I tell you or did I tell you? <laughs> Earlier I said, who's got a feminist job? And everyone went, oh, God. I have a, I'm a doctor of social welfare and I can touch the stage. Um, could you say the long name of your PhD? So it's a PhD in social welfare. That's but do, does, they all have long names. You can't just go up and say, I'd like to do a PhD in social welfare. The whole point of a PhD is it's got to be called the head of an opinion impact of X on Y over the top of... Doesn't it? Do you have to have a long name for your PhD? Okay, I'm out of my league, clearly. I should not have started this conversation because I thought I knew things about PhDs and it turns out I don't. What's your name? Jenny. Okay, Jenny, can you take that mic? Jenny, just tell me, what was your dissertation on? So I was studying... So I'm, I'm from America, I'm from New York, and I was studying the... See, it's very weird for someone who says, I'm from America, I'm from New York, to get absolute silence. <laughs> because what she assumed would happen there was people would go, woo! 
and you're in London. And so people go, hmm, America. The social impact. Okay, New York mitigates it a bit, but we're, we're not going to cheer for it, all right? We're not going to cheer for it. Can you imagine being in a show like this in New York and someone saying, well, I'm from London. Everybody, woohoo! I've been there once! I've heard of it! And they'd just be so thrilled that that person had travelled here, but you clearly couldn't give less of a fuck. <laughs> Jenny, could you just say again, just said, Jenny, Jenny, where, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from New York. Thank you, thank you. More is what she's used to, thank you. <laughs> My point being that we have a lot of work to do back where right, I'm from. Right, right, right. So, you yeah, need a lot of people doing yeah. PhDs on social care. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you now work in that industry? Well, I do. Industry, yeah, so I'm a therapist. What's it called in that sector? Yeah, I'm Sorry. a therapist, but I also teach in a doctorate program for other people, sort of studying and learning different ways to make the world a better place. That's, oh, that's yeah. lovely. That's absolutely lovely. And typical of my audience, if I don't mind, is saying myself because I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. Uh, do you listen to the Guilty Feminist? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I should probably ask that more broadly. Who listens to the Guilty Feminist? <laughs> Who doesn't know what they're at? Okay. Notice, notice how those cheers sound less empowered. Less, less progressive. Less feminist, if you will. Um, well, Jenny, if there's anything we can do to help, uh, it, it, let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Big ruffles for Jenny. Anyone think they've got a more feminist job than Jenny? No, that's the top one. Anyone got an unfeminist job? Ha- yes, excellent. What's your name? Uh, Katarina. Katarina. And what's your unfeminist job? I'm a mergers and acquisitions lawyer. <laughs> They're turning. They're turning. <laughs> so you're a merge. You're an M and A lawyer. You, m- you merge things and then you acquire them, or you help other people. So you help very rich people acquire things they have no business acquiring. And you merge one horrendous nightmare into another horrendous nightmare. So the horrendous nightmares of the world are getting larger. And so the people who own the whole world are becoming fewer and fewer in number. Now, can I ask you this? Do you do any Trojan horse feminism within that job? Um, a recent example. A recent example? Is? is an, email was sent to the team an email was sent to the team? Saying, dear gents. Saying, dear gents. Oh! <laughs> yes? And you replied all. I'm the only woman on that email chain. Oh, and what did you say? I said, hello. <laughs> that's, some, that's some gentle feminism, my friend. But, but listen, we do what we can in the environments we're in. What I would really like you to do is to somehow, I don't know, um, relocate some funds from something evil to something amazing. So they're applauding embezzlement, basically. They're going, yes, embezzle. Listen, I mean, your employment opportunities will plummet. But on the upside, you're going to go out of there feeling like a zillion dollars. Like, wow, my purpose in life has gone up massively. When you just take a load of the rich people's money and just give it to a shelter or something like that. Would be great to do, wouldn't it? That would feel fun. Uh, That's the plan. Yeah, when you're ready to go out. I'm sure you can do it. Katerina... Katerina, in the meantime, your mini acts of feminism are noted and your reward will be great in heaven. Big round of applause for Katerina, everybody. Okay. All right. Are we ready to start the show? 
then please welcome to the stage my incredible co-pilot for this evening is the wonderful Margaret K. Bonsmith. Here she is, here she is. Now, this is a really exciting night because we are doing what we call a mashup, a crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really um, um, sort of late 2000s, isn't it? Still yeah. a mashup, but that's what we're doing. Give us a cheer if you know a podcast called Crushed with Margaret K. Bond Smith. Excellent. Yay! My three fans. Okay. Thank you. So, Crushed is the most brilliant, brilliant show. It's one of the funniest shows. In fact, I had to pick uh, my funniest show, and they, they ended up as like, what did they say? They the- said it was one of. <laughs> One of the best podcasts of all time. All time, all time. I mean, they just asked her, name a podcast you like. And she picked mine. I and did, and I did. My f- all time. It's called Crushed, and it's about your crushes. And the episode that I specifically talked about in The Guardian was um, an episode where Margaret Cable Smith interviewed Jessica Fosterkew about her crushes. So this is like your unrequited love crushes. So when you're a teenager or when you're a young person and you can't get anyone to like you back or it's a film star you're crushing on that you write to or something... And Jess Foster Q said that she had a crush on Gandalf, not Ian McKellen, the old man in the book. A a drawing at best. And her justification when pressed was, well, I lost a grandfather at a very young age. (laughs) I cried so much, I laughed because you two were laughing so much. So we thought, I love crush so much and I've done it and I've talked about my, you know, my crush on my music teacher, Leighton Gilmore, who since, I've got news on it. Go on, updates. So I was 16, he was 23. Sounds and he was like the, th- the beginning of a bad song. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, absolutely, of course, nothing happened, but I had a mad crush on him. And so I talked all about that and I'd found a very disappointing picture of him now and, you know, all of that. <laughs> so I told my story. Okay, I went on tour to Australia and a girl in my year repeated the year and the following year was invited to a party where there were teachers and she snogged Mr. Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm a feminist, but I am so jealous. <laughs> I am. I, I, I was... When I heard this, like, honestly, it was a bit like when I heard John Hammond got engaged. Like, I was just like... I didn't expect it, feel, it to feel real, but it did. I felt like, well, he's engaged now and they're talking about babies, it's over. Now, what chance did I have with John Hamm anyway? But in my mind, yeah. when he's single, the door is open and just psychologically I can get on with my life. You know? yeah. Just knowing it could happen, right? The yeah. knowing that somebody else did snog Leighton Gilmore, and I don't know if they went further, I don't know if they had, I think they had more dates, but I know full well they definitely made out. And I thought at the time, well, I'm a schoolgirl, I've got no hope. It turned out... I had no hope, but others did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you should be feeling um, particularly jealous about that. Don't that tell person. me how to feel! OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she was technically of age. OK. <laughs> anyway, it, it was a different time. Um, I probably shouldn't say his name, should I? Too bad. Too late. Um, no, I do just... go back and listen to her episode of Crushed for her saying his name over and over and over. So. Yeah, but that was different. That's I cross crushed on a teacher. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is that same teacher kissed a student. Yeah. And that's a very different situation. I'm me too sure, the man just... I love the most. I'm, oh, that's... I'm just saying if you're a detective, it's quite an easy link to make. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Our guest today is an award-winning comedian and actor, as well as a guilty feminist favourite, 
You may have seen her in Matilda the Musical, or on Live at the Apollo, or in her Amazon Prime special, Sandhog. Please welcome to the stage, the incredible Sindhu V! Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cindy's nearly finished her drink. Do you know? Do you want another one? Hey! Oh. Tom was back there. He's like, "Do you want a drink?" I said, "Yeah, I'll have a whiskey." And they were like, "Uh huh, we don't drink." <laughs> and I was like, "Deborah." She's like, "Okay, I'll have a vodka soda." And then this one was like, "I'm oh, And I was like, rah, rah, rah. And she has, and she's this. having a Guinness because what is a good podcast? It's when you're kind of drunk. Um, and like not so bad that you don't know what you're saying, but you're slightly fucked up, and everyone's having a good time, right? Yes. Yeah. The, Hi. the drunkest I've ever been on the stage is with you because you, you, we don't. I don't drink. I swear I do not drink before I perform ever. Okay, except that time and this time. But you and I did drunk women solving oh, crime. Oh no! But then we were fucked. Oh, up. that was not too much. I can't even remember. I didn't remember the next day I'd done it. We did a morph. We did it. We did a mashup, oh. and uh, and it was and we'd just done too many shows. It was a like a festival weekend of mashups, and you, you and I were like, we better because we were meant to be drunk for that so we like have a couple of drinks really quickly we were embarrassing like if you can listen to it I'm ashamed I'm did ashamed you, of both I of us did you I solve didn't... the crime? God knows oh, I don't even I don't remember. remember what the but crime also, was or if there was a crime no but the crime was us being on stage that drunk yeah but I didn't even remember I'd done it so I've never heard it <laughs> you've never heard drunk women solve no, the crime no so here's something funny about me and drinking there's someone in the audience who knows me from when I was in my 20s are you here? Yeah. Um, and I haven't. Did she say I'm drunk? No, no. she said I'm here. And I haven't seen her for, yeah, for like 20 plus years. I didn't start drinking till much later in life. I didn't drink that much then, did I, Paula? There you go. Um, and so I, you know, I came to it late and I came with full gusto. Like I've made up for last time. So I will get totally fucked up, no idea what's happening. And then the next day, who, who cares? I don't remember. Okay, Sindhu. Yes. Tell us about your first crush. Excellent. Well, I didn't remember this until you guys were here. And then I remembered it and I ran it past Tom and he was like, maybe not. And I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not one. Because I think that's got, a legal, no, no, no. that's got a legal thing and we don't want to get into that. Oh. But, um, <laughs> hey, listen, crushes are many things, but they're not illegal. But this one, I mean, but the oh. thing is, in this case, I wish the guy had at least like winked at me so I would have known. But it was like my parents' friend. So I think if he had winked at me... Oh would have been very weird. I mean, he, he wasn't my parents' age. He was about 10 years younger than them. But anyway, that's not you? the one. Oh, very young. Okay. So yeah, go the, for it. So, so, so the first one I'm going to talk about is I was at university in India, so I was 18, and there was this boy I knew. And Hang on, you didn't have a crush until you were 18? No, I did on this other thing, but it's illegal. I can't but that, no, but that, what, for like, for how many years of, of illegal crush did you have? Uh, a long like, time. You, okay. A long time. Uh, but we can't talk about it because it's so weird. Like now, but you didn't I, I mean, like I just crush remembered. on a cartoon character on the telly or anything. No, but I mean, when I was seven, I saw a, uh, my first Hindi movie, and Amitabh Bachchan was there, and I, I and I was seven, so I didn't know if someone it was a in crush. the audience just went. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, I didn't Back know it was a, like for me, a crush is not like oh, I think they're cool. A crush is like there's got to be things going on. You know, like she's that's po- a crush. She's pointing at her stomach. No, no, at like butterflies and everything else. That's yeah, a crush. Yeah. I mean, saying like some guy is cool, that's no crush. Okay. Crush is like, oh my God. 
but there, but there was no one at school or anything like that where you were like, oh my God, they're coming. Oh no, no, I can't talk. Well, I suppose, you know, I went to a convent. I did, I guess, have a crush in some ways on my house captain, um, who was a wonderful girl. Um, and I just, yeah, every time she walked by, I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. But that's, that's in a convent, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> you're stopped. I mean, you're, you know, I was 13 years old and... So I think for me, very a lot sound of crushes of are, were very cerebral, like, you know, and, um, but a crush crush, you know, where you're like, I want to have sex with this boy. That I'm kind sure. of crush was when I was at university. Great. Tell us. Um, and Do you his, remember his parents, name? Uh, very well, but I'm not going to say it. No. Um, and his parents were friends with my parents. So we also had that connection, but we were friends, and that's the worst kind of crush to have because I saw him all the time, and he was always talking to me about these two girls that he really had the hots for. Um, and I would think, and in my head, I was like, oh, you know, when he sees the light, he's going to know it's me. <laughs> and I would listen, and I would give him honest advice because one of these girls, she was hot. So I was like, yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I never tried to dissuade him. And then, because this is about unrequited <laughs> crushes that... Are, go horrifically wrong. <laughs> it was the last day of university. So three years. So for two years, I'd had this crush on this guy. And he was, and we were finishing uh, class. And I said, why don't you come over? And he knew my parents. And I decided I was going to tell him. Because obviously I thought, well, now he's had his two years with these other these two crushes. And I'm going to tell him. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Of course, I've always liked you. Um, so I invited him over and, uh, you know, so he is this, is this like the last day of, yeah, last day of, yeah. Something. And then we're going into summer holidays, right? Yeah. And it's the last of university. So we're finished three years. Yeah. So we're all so going on our is, own way. Where are you all Delhi. going? You're, so you, but you're going separate places, right? Oh, I'm going into my mom hopes an arranged marriage. Oh God. Um, okay. So yeah, the and stakes are sort quite of high. high. Well, she thought that, but I was never going to yeah. say yes to any of those losers. <laughs> but you know, that was my thing because I hadn't applied abroad. I hadn't applied to grad schools and I was a bit like, I, my my parents were like, what what are what are you doing? My Sorry, couldn't was, you say to your mom, can you arrange a marriage with him, please? No, he, because and that's very interesting because of two reasons. One is he wasn't from an arranged marriage kind of family. His okay. parents were both very intellectual, and he was going to do his own thing. And plus, I did think, well, if I I mean, I thought I would marry him, obviously, because that's how crushes work. I thought once I tell him, and he's like, of course, then we can both present it to our parents. Mm-hmm. Wow, and is that what you pictured? Like you genuinely Yeah, no, no. I was like, I'm going to tell him. Did you write the entire conversation? No, no. I was just going to tell him. I was going to tell him. So he came over and I, you know, we sat down in the living room and I said, I'm going to make some tea. You want some tea? And then I came in, I remember, with a tray with two cups on it of chai. And I, and he said, okay, because that was very common. You went to your friend's house, they made you tea, you took a cup of tea, then you chatted. And he went like this to the tea and I looked at him and I said his name and I said, you know, I really, really like you. Oh. And he put the tea down on the tray without speaking and turned on and left. No! Oh my God! Oh my God. Well, I'm your friend. And I was at still your house. Yeah, and I was still holding the tray. I was like, Oh my oh, God! Fuck. Anyway, so I was extremely sad. Yes. Now, now, I went immediately called my very close girlfriend. The thing about him is he was, and I don't know how to say this without. I mean, I had a crush on him. I thought he was hot. Everyone else thought he looked like an ogre. So when I told my girlfriend, she was like, thank God, he's so ugly. And I was like, what? Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 
Deborah knows this. I'm extremely vain and shallow. You know that. <laughs> but when it comes to my crushes, literally, if I like you, you're so hot to me, but the whole world is like, what is this Quasimodo character? What are you doing? Anyway. So because of the Quasimodo element... Which was you, not in my eyes. No, no, no. But in the eyes of the world... Yeah. Were you... Do you think your hopes were higher because of that? Were you thinking... No, no. I thought... No, be... I thought he was Ryan Reynolds. Wow. So for me, it wasn't. No, I thought obviously it's me and him. This is it. Yeah. How dare he just walk out though? And you, well, I think, friend, and you've given him advice okay. on other girls, and okay. for him not to just go. Oh, that's so flattering. Yeah. No, no, but I don't me. feel like that well, about you. But I think you're like amazing. This and turn. Did not see him again. What a cunt. Okay, but listen to the rest of the story. Didn't see him again. I'm really angry. Two. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Two years later. Yes. So I then I joined grad school because I was like, I got to do something. And also, the longer I was not in academic study, my mother was getting, oh man, get married, get married, get married. And so I went into grad school. Then I got a scholarship and I came to England. And completely never thought about this guy again. Came to England and in the first April holiday, which is the Easter holiday, um, all the Indian kids who had come from Delhi decided to go on a road trip rather than fly back to India. And you had to rent a car. And one of them had a license and I had a fake license, obviously. So I could rent a car. And so we rented a car. And then they said some other people who are studying elsewhere in England are coming. He came. Oh, my God. Oh, he came. <laughs> and they were Did like... Did he know you were going to be there? No, I don't think anyone knew anything. Remember, there was no internet, no nothing. So it was like you just show up on the day outside this college. So we came and he was there. And they divvied up the cars and he sat in my car. No. What? Yeah, and the whole time, like, my brain was on fire. And this guy was like, hey, what's up? And I was like... Anyway, and then we were driving, and because there was no ways or anything, and I didn't know how to read a map, and there was this A to Z, and on it, we were supposed to go to Lake District. I was in Edinburgh, okay. (laughs) So it was a very long way back. But in the middle of the night, I remember driving, and uh, I used to smoke then and smoking, and... He was in the front seat. Oh, my God. And I turned to him and I said, why did you at least not drink the tea? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. That, that was what I opened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, why did you not? Ex-? And he said, oh, my God, I thought it was so unfair of you to just throw that on me. He, he, he knew exactly. He said, I was not ready. And then he said, I mean, you were just a friend. Wow. And I pulled over. I was like, get the <laughs> fuck out of my car. Did you? Middle of the night. On an English high, on an English B road, I was like, get the fuck out of my car. And he was like, uh, I was like, get the fuck out. And everyone in the back woke up and they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, he has to get the fuck out of my car. So we, and we were not near the other car because that was in the Lake District. We were in Edinburgh. So there was all this thing and oh, please, please, please. And he sat in the back and then we drove, but I was like, get the fuck out of my car. Wow. So he didn't... You let him stay. You, you didn't well, I mean, I mean, the, there was, of course, being Indian, we put 11 people in one car. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people like lying at the bottom wow. and someone sitting on them. So they were like, no, sitting, no. Yeah, sitting My in the friends were like, no, no, don't leave him. You know, he'll die here. It's very cold. <laughs> and so he came. I didn't speak to him for the rest of the trip. Fuck him. No, I'm sort of sad that you didn't actually make him leave the car. Oh, I thought she was going to say, I'm sort of sad you didn't shag him. No, thank you. <laughs> just uh, no, to punish him. I think if it just had been Just a friend anything. is such an awful thing to say. Yeah, a friend is the best thing friend. you can have. Yeah. And you need to treat that person respectfully. Yeah. And if a friend declares their feelings for you... Be a friend. Then be a friend. At and least. say... You, and he's you, a public you, figure now <gasps> in India. Oh, my God. I know. It's Imran... No, no, no it's, it's not. not. It's, it's Pakistani. Not. 
That is Pakistan. Yeah. I know, I know. As India soon as I said it, crushes on Pakistan. As soon as I said it, I was like, True. as soon as I said it, I just went, in, oh no, it's Pakistani. No, no, no. Um, anyway, can you imagine? Oh my God, my mother would have shot me. Um, so, yeah. So that was that. That was very bad. That was my first big heartbreak. Wow. No, it wasn't a heartbreak. It was like an insult. It's so insulting. Do you oh. think your heart was broken? No. Because he was such no, an No, because then I later had heartbreak. Didn't I, Paula? Yeah. Do we need she to get remembers. Paula up here? No, because okay. that was not a crush. That was, that, that was when my heart broke. She remembers. But the, uh, just to say, sidebar, I lost so much weight. It was like <laughs> so good. I had all that like university weight. Lost it like this. Remember? Yeah. What, just from the, from from the, the heartbreak. love, from the heartbreak, heartbreak. one, not, the, yeah, that was not my, this guy? No, 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 hey, no. But this listen, guy. this guy who was an asshole to you sort of cured you in a way. Mm. Of what, having crushes that were not going to work? No. No, no, no. We have, but, we have a lot uh, at more. At least of the crush on him. Because oh, if you immediately yeah. think, you're a dick. Mm. You know, even from the minute he put that tea down and walked off, I was, think, were you cured then? No, I you think... You still liked him? No, I think with the tea... No, I felt bad about myself. But yeah. then when he said you were just a friend, I was like, oh, get the fuck out of my yeah. car. Heartbreak you know? doesn't work like that, does it? If somebody rejects you, even if they're awful, you've still got the chemical fancying. But that, and years later when you were in your power, which I love that... Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. And we're recording episodes of The Guilty Feminist at Global Pillage of the London Podcast Festival on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of September. For tickets, go to kingsplace.co.uk. I'll be in Chichester because I've written a play called Never Have I Ever, which will be on in Chichester at the Minerva for the whole of September. It stars Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah, Greg Wise and our very own Susan McComa. And it's about money, sex, power, politics and running a restaurant. For tickets, go to cft.org.uk. That's cft.org.uk. And we'll be recording more live shows in the autumn, so keep an eye on our website, guiltyfeminist.com. Live shows. You can get ad-free episodes via Patreon, Apple Podcasts, or Acast Plus. And if you're passing iTunes or Spotify, 
you felt like leaving us a five-star review, we'd love you forever. It helps other people find the show. And now back to the podcast. Who's your second crush? Am I allowed to ask that, Margaret? Yeah. So second crush was, interestingly, in the last year of university. So I guess I also had a crush on this guy, but that was like a, it wasn't like this kind of crush. It was someone, it was my professor. Um, and but very young, so we were very close in age. Yeah, mm. and he used to smoke in class. Did he have a leather jacket? Uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. drove no, a motorbike. I can picture him. He rode a motorbike. Was he a bit Harrison Ford in in Indiana Jones? Uh, not quite. You know, he was very self-effacing. He was a Marxist. Uh, he wore a leather jacket. He smoked in class, and I was studying Paula. Political science. There you go. Right. <laughs> Love that um, you're testing your I haven't seen Paula for over 20 years, but I know that she's there for me. And Paula, um, if you get any of these questions wrong, we're evicting you. And yeah. you have get to out, get no, the never, fuck out never, of my car. Never, never. <laughs> anyway, um, and so I had a crush on him. I think I had kind of a latent crush on him, but this guy had taken up all of that space. Mm. So this was interesting because I had a crush on him. And so all the professors were in the staff room and a lot of them were very young. And at Delhi University, you have different colleges near each other. So some of my friends, who my parents knew their parents, and they were a few years older than me, they were professors at the neighboring college. So he would hang out with them. So in a way, I had an in. Mm. And I remember, so what I would do in order to, you know, please my crush was prepare for class. I mean, that is hard. Oh, it does make you study hard when you fancy a teacher. Oh, my God. Out. And I would sit in front... And because I smoked as well, every time he would show up and he would write something and then he would take out his pack of cigarettes, I'd say, Sir Light. Ah. And I'm lying. I didn't have a lighter. I'd say, Sir Light. <laughs> you know, match. and he would You'd get a match out. Yeah, get a match out and light the cigarette. God, like, a, like a 1940s starlet with it gets out a cigarette and all the men come and yeah, but light the opposite. It, the opposite yeah. I was running to light the cigarette and um, did so well in his class, but I'm not a Marxist. So we had a lot of debate, mm. which was kind of hot. Yeah. Oh, there's right. nothing hotter than debate. Oh, yeah. There's no greater foreplay than disagreement. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and that is only before you are married. Okay. Um, that's true. That's yeah. true. There's Once no you're big, married, you're like, I swear to God, if you don't agree with me, I'm going to fucking wring your neck. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then what happened with him and, that, and the way that crush ended was one of the people in the other staff room was getting married. Mm-hmm. And they had a big wedding and they invited a bunch of their friends, all the staff people, including me, because I knew them through my family. Mm-hmm. And they kind of knew that I had a crush on um, Sir. So they told me. On Sir. sir. And you yes. called him Sir. I called him Sir. I mean, would that have lasted if you'd got married? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the nature of the relationship. That would have been weird. That would have been weird if I'd been like, um, Sir, do you want to go for it? No, that would have been weird. Anyway, so she said he's going to come. Sir, I'm having your baby. Yes, yeah, Sir, I'm having your baby. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and so, and so he was going to come. It was a winter wedding. And as you do when you have a crush on someone, you think, I'm going to be in their presence. I got to look hot. Am yes, I right? That's yes. like all you can think of. Now, I have a face that does very well with Indian clothing. It's a very classic Indian face. So I was like, I got the face set. I had my mother's big nose ring and I had my jewelry and I had a bindi. But body-wise, because I'm very tall and he was taller than me, ooh, so hot for me. Because in India, I mean, no, no offense, but most Indian men are this big. Um, I'm 5'10", so finding an Indian man taller than me, he was taller than me. Um, 
I decided, I asked my mom if I could wear one of her lehengas, which is like a top with a big skirt that she had had made when she was young. And it was very special. It was like a peacock blue with silver and pink work on it. And it was because I'm so much taller than my mom, it was kind of tight and slightly, not short, but like three, like ankle lengths. It was kind of cool, but it was freezing. And this was backless. I mean, it was everything less except frontless, you know, it was sideless, backless, this, that. So my mom was like, you are not going out in that. You will get pneumonia and then you will die. Then who will marry you? Um, That was always her thing. Is the the implication that she wouldn't? Where are you? No, who no, will marry, marry you? Oh, marry me. Who will no. marry you if you're dead? No, no, no. And we're Hindus. No one will bury you. We burn you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So she said, no, no, you must wear warm clothes. And I want to show off my back and everything. So my mother made me wear fire engine red long johns that she had knitted. <laughs> so not only were they very thick, the elastic was quite bad, so the crotch would come down quite a lot, and you had to pull it up all the time. And she said, without wearing this, you can't go. So I had to show her I was wearing them. And my best friend, who is still my very, very best friend, I knew her before you, Paula, so don't feel bad. Um, she was with me, and she was very blasé, and she took Valium all the time, so she was like, crushes are stupid. And she was like, I can't believe you're dressing up for this stupid professor. And I was like, shut up, let's go. Anyway, went. It was outside, you know, with a big, um, what do you call that, marquee and everything. And they were like little fire heaters. And I was smoking. I was looking smoking and I was smoking smoking, you know, like the whole time. Yeah, from not, the top half. Did you not just whip the, yeah. the long johns off at the location, like in the loo or something, and just put them in your hand? No, back? because in India, the loo is the bush. Okay. If you're outside in a marquee. And also, to be very frank, it was fucking freezing. Yeah. You were grateful to your mother. In a way. Yeah. And also, who could tell? No one. They were like under the... Big, oh, they were under They them. were under the big lenga, right? So okay. you couldn't tell. And I was making eyes at Sir the whole night. No doubt. You know, and I was... And I didn't drink. So I, if I had drunk, God knows what I would have done to Sir. But anyway, <laughs> this, this, this. And then finally, I wanted to talk to him. And so you could see at the entrance just as you leave. And my friend Ambika said to me, oh, look, he's over there. If we go there now, he's going to talk to you. So I was like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we went and went and went. And because of the lighting, there was wire and I tripped and my skirt went over my oh. head. Oh. Right. Over your head? Yeah. And all you saw was long hand knitted. Oh. oh, no. Oh. Droopy ass. Fire engine red. No. Woolen long johns. <laughs> and he just was saying bye to people. And I think he just left out of like respect for me. <laughs> Yeah, that crush ended that day. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I'm didn't so... go back. I, I didn't sit in the front of the class. Oh, really? No, so that, I... But that cured you, that level of Yeah, I know. It was so much shame. So much shame. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even, I, I didn't feel bad. I was like, I, oh, but yeah, that was so bad. I was like, this, I don't like, I know nothing. I, I want nothing to do with this. And is, so, that the, is that the biggest thing you've ever done to impress Someone. What, fall over and show them my (laughs) ass? No, I mean, I suppose, I mean, the dressing super smokily. Um, Oh. Is there, like... No, no, no. I mean, if I... No. What have you... So have you done anything to impress someone? Yeah, so when I fall for someone, I fall very hard. And then I get really, like... I wouldn't say crazy, but I do... Stupid. No, but I do things that I think are sweet and charming, you know? <laughs> like when I was first married, I would leave notes for my husband in the fridge, in his bed, you know? And then what was upsetting about my husband, you know, he's very rational. He would not notice them. 
So I'd be like, did you get yogurt from the fridge? And he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, then, 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 then you can't say there's a fucking post-it on the yogurt <laughs> that says I love, then it's finished. But when I had a crush, <laughs> anyway, um, when I had a crush, so the, the boy that my heart broke for, I had a crush on him just before we started dating. Like I really so had the hots for him. And he was at another university than me. So what I used to do is I made friends with people at that university. And every other day, because every day is too much. <laughs> every other day, one of them would either accost him on the road or go to his flat and give him a flower and say nothing and leave. <gasps> Just day after day. And he had no idea, because I don't think he'd quite registered I existed yet. Um, yeah. So you, hold on, you weren't doing this? No, I was at another university. You were hiring people? I would, no, no, they were my friends. <laughs> They were in, I was, I was, I was, I was getting their cooperation in charming this person. Oh my God. But he didn't know. No, no, for a long time he didn't. And then one day he called and he said, are you the one who's giving me flowers every other day? And I, a flower every other day. I said, yes. He said, we should have dinner. Oh my God. That's so good. That's so good. And that then became a relationship. So that was fine. Yeah, that's because well, I. That's, what a great strategy, everybody! Such a great if strategy. If you like someone, but make another person give them a flower every if, second day until they call you. This is what people did before dating apps. This is how it was for us. Just give us a cheer if you dated before dating apps. Yes, you, you did. Yes. How how did you two meet? A Van Morrison concert. Oh, nice. Did 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 one of you approach the other? He approached you. I can't really see. Is one of you Van Morrison? So you were at the concert and were you with friends and he was with friends and he then what just made his way over to you and just said, hey, and what was his opening line? Do you want to go for a ride? (laughs) That's bold. You sound Irish though. Yeah, You You are. If someone says, do you want to go for a ride in Ireland? You have to be careful. Oh, there was a Ferris wheel. Okay. Because I, when I hear an Irish person say, you're a ride, I just think this. But she, you went for a ride with a ride by the sound of it. Yeah. So you are, Why is this Van Morrison gig that has a Ferris, a Ferris wheel? wheel. <laughs> it sounds amazing. He wasn't on it with you, was he? No. No. Excellent. And you're still together to this day? 43 years. 43 years. Oh, wow. Damn. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? What's your name, sir? Barry. 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 And what's your name? Carol. Carol. Barry, if a young... How old were you then? Do you mind me asking? 21. 21. If a young man now, a 21-year-old man, went up to a 21-year-old woman at a concert and said, would you go for a ride with me alone on a Ferris wheel? She would say, get away from me. You're a predator. Find me on Bumble like a normal person. (laughs) This is how it works now. It's like, let me look at your photos. Let me peruse your bio. Let me see if I'm into someone like you. Don't try and separate me from the herd. They would, seriously, this is, I've heard this now. Young people go, oh, what a creep. He came and talked to me on the tube or he went up to me in a bar. What do you mean talking to the tube? I love this. I think it's the most romantic story, by the way. Really romantic. A Ferris wheel. And quite a grown-up teenager and uh, has a crush on someone or they have a crush. I don't know what's going on exactly. I don't know, you know, who knows with kids. But I said, well, why don't you just call? And she said, oh, God, how creepy. Yeah. And I'm like, what, a phone call? Yeah, no, it's too much. She's like, bro, you text. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but you're having so many feelings. And she was like, yeah, but I don't want to be like 
so weird that I would pick up the phone to talk. Yeah. It's what we like, had to do. Okay. Not only did we have to do that, we had to ring up and go, oh, hello, Mrs. Anderson. <laughs> Is Paul there? <laughs> and, and she'd say, who's calling, please? Yeah. And you'd have yeah, to say, the bad. girl across the road that loves your son. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd say, he's doing his homework. He's not available to take a call and hang up on you. And that was how we had to penetrate the... We tried. We had to work for it. None of this sliding into your DMs. We didn't have any DMs. We had to walk across a concert, look a woman in the eye and say, would you get on a fucking Ferris wheel with me and then spend the next 43 years of your life with me? That's what we had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um... Yeah. And that was romance. Like, every, every boyfriend I've ever had has only been because every other day I got a friend to give them a flower. That's right. Over and over again, because that's the only way, That was one of our many strategies. It was like leaving little notes on their car or hanging around where they worked. You'd go into someone's work and pretend, like if they had a job in retail or something, because, you know, you were all young and, you know, doing all those kinds of things. You sort of pretend you were going in to buy something in their yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, embarrassing, terrible things. God... You know, I look back and think, I wish we had had DMs, actually. They sound oh, yeah, great. it's very straightforward. Oh. Um, but, Cindy, were you, were you worried about exposing how much you liked? I mean, it worked, but that is such a big strategy, yeah, the flower. Really, the flowers. Given, yeah. Given so did man you not... walked out the second you said you brought in the a tea. tea. Yeah, exactly. I would be so terrified after No, that. I think the thing is, like I said, if I fall, I fall very hard. And then it was like, it was more like, when will this person figure out that it's me? I mean, we'd had lunch once when I'd been in that university to play basketball. So it's not like I knew them. But in my head, I mean, I can build up a fantasy, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah, okay. so... Did he live up to the fantasy? Yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is never the answer My first love. This my podcast. first love. That's really yeah. sweet. My first love. Well done. Yeah. How, how, how badly did it go wrong? <laughs> he I mean, dumped me, right? Him. Paula, he dumped me at Christmas. Oh, uh, But he I'm didn't dump me because he's a bad guy. But he was just like, because from the moment we started dating, I was like, when are we getting married? And um, <laughs> I think for someone who's Hungarian-Swiss, that's not where they think it's going. <laughs> yes, that will be. And yeah. so I think it just was so intense. And we were long distance because I moved to Canada where I met Paula and he was still in England. And then it was just... Wow. I mean, I used to count down. I would talk to him once a week because long distance. I used to count down hours oh. and minutes until we met. And this was in September and he was coming at Christmas. I seemed crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll no, put my hand well up. you did well to keep him as long I as you did. I seemed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I was completely crazy. But I think I was so intensely in love with this person. I think there's an age, I hope it ends with, you know, with, with age and experience. My entire identity was being his girlfriend, mm. even though I was off doing a PhD and this and that and had great friends. But I just thought that would complete me. And hats off to him and great credit to him that he had the sense to knock me off of that idea uh, because he came. And I think what was hard was he showed up, we had Christmas Eve and then Christmas morning. I think he just couldn't take it anymore because I was clueless. And he just, he was on the phone. I had woken up and he was on the phone and he had an ex-girlfriend. He had been had a very serious relationship with Liz who lived in New York and we were in Montreal. And I came out and I said, who are you talking to? And he said, Liz. And I'm like, Liz, your ex? 
And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how is she? (laughs) So, cook, um, And I think he thought, right, I'm going to have to tell her. And he was like, I'm going to have to break up with you. That was very hard. And it was devastating. Um, But it did get me back to my original weight, uh, which was great. (laughs) And also it taught me not to, you know, I was was probably anyway going to not identify with a relationship as my whole identity, but it Mm. certainly taught me that. And I never did again. Wow. Well, yeah. that's that's a good feminist thing you. that you got yeah. to that point. Big time. Because a relationship cannot be your identity. And I think when you're young, you can get swallowed up whole in it. Especially if you're raised to be married. Yes. Then and it is your whole identity. Yes. And I think I made that mistake that, you know, and I mean, so I don't, maybe it has deep psychological roots, but I thought it had more cultural roots because it was like no matter what, what you study or what you do, but then you have to get married. Mm. You know, you could be a rocket scientist, you could cure cancer after you're married. So that was always the thing. Mm, and then I dropped well. that. Yeah. I dropped that. And, and I think uh, that the idea of someone loving you, on top of that as a human being, on top of that cultural imperative, it's so easy to get swallowed up into someone else, and especially for women to get swallowed up into men because of all the movies we've seen and all the patriarchal, oh, yeah. heteronormative, you know, uh, obsessions and all of that. Um, and I always think too, I mean, we were talking about this one night um, with Zoe Brownstone, but just the, the idea that if a man holds a boombox outside a woman's, you know, that's the end of the rom-com outside the woman's window. But if a woman holds a boombox outside a man's window, that's the beginning of a thriller. And <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But not I, a flower every well, other day. Thinking, do you know, but it's funny, even when you were telling me about the flower thing, I was thinking, yeah, that's the sort of thing, if a man does it, it's amazingly romantic. I'm surprised that, like, you know... But it was romantic. It, it was. It, you're absolutely right. It is. And I'm really, really and pleased he thought that it's so a lovely too. ending. Yeah. But, but that definitely... Could, he was a good guy. Yeah. And I feel like there are men who would definitely not see that as a... Oh, so this is a fun... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, back off. Yeah, stalker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. No, no, sure, sure. Funny boy. Um, uh, do you have any more crushes or do you yeah. want to do a guilty and feminist crushes? Uh, I mean, I have... I have I had only, like I said to you backstage, I've, I've only had a series of unrequited crushes and then went straight into my slut phase. So I don't know. <laughs> I like, mean, yeah, that's my I'm, next podcast is the slut phase. I never really had like a reasonable in the middle phase. Well, um, we've, we've got some guilty and some feminist crushes if you'd like to do those. Sure. Do you sure. want to do some guilty and feminist I don't know what that well. means, but let's try it. Okay. Right. What, unless, do you... Well, no, no, no. Oh, oh, but we also have to do your game as well. It's not a game, it's science. Sorry, we also oh need to do God. your science it's where you find out method. who you should yes, be tell with. Me. Let's do that. So, okay, okay, let's do science. I yes. mean, you don't, you don't have to say the name okay. out loud, mm-hmm. uh, but I do. maybe you could write it down. So this is the maths which we used to do at school. I don't know if any of you know about it. You write the word loves and you work out how many L's, O's, V's, E's and S's. Yes. With but we won't say name. the name. You don't say it, but you could, if you write it down. Which one? Well, this is what I was going to say to you. When I say your biggest crush to you, what is the name that comes to mind? Biggest crush on like a real person or like on a celebrity? On any on anyone. When I say biggest crush, somebody comes. She's just immediately writing this down. Oh well, I can say this out loud. It's Prince. It's Prince. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it's just yeah, my biggest that a crush, secret, surely. No, but it's like my biggest crush on yeah. a person, like no. uh, you know, out there in the world. As is absolutely correct. I mean, uh, I mean, the list of real boys I've had crushes on would be like so long. Yeah, and I would I'm win doing the game. His full name, which is Prince Rogers Nelson. Yes, as you will know, because you have a massive crush on him. Okay. Such a crush. So, so you two chat while I do this, okay? Because <laughs> I'm very bad at math. Um, okay. <laughs> 
All right, so I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Sujata Narang. That was the name of my house captain that I had a crush on. Oh, oh. great. Okay, put that one down. You can might we, have to. Can, but what if she listens to this and feels weird about it? She should feel she, very flattered. I don't know. Is oh, she going to listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, does she listen know. to your work? Does she? Because she I don't even know if she's alive. Okay, <laughs> I. I mean, I left the, the school. Of that crush. I left the school. Her. No, no, but I left the school when I was 14. I don't think she's going. I think the chances of her. Finding this podcast. Okay. So. Okay. But I just think because I think it becomes one of these things where you have no idea and then someone gets on a podcast and you're like, I went to a convent, I had a crush on Sujata Narang and she's like, what are you talking about? Mm. No, I do see the danger. And then her husband listens to it and says, are you gay? I mean, the whole thing could go (laughs) completely crazy. That feels like a real leap, Sindhu. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I think you're fine. fine. I don't know. I think Sindhu has powers. I mean... Sindhu and Prince, yeah, ninety-three percent. Thank you. I mean, yeah, and I mean, if, yeah, if he wasn't dead, I'd be sending you off to go. And I find know. The science I of know. this is that each uh, letter has a numerical value, and you you cross-reference mm. with the name. Yes, there's a video. Uh, if you uh, there's a video of, I'll put it on Twitter. It's uh, the the number of L's, O's, V's, E's, and S's in both names, and then you add them up until you get a. Double digit, which is your percentage. 93. Wow. 93. I mean, I'm sort of jealous because, well, I say with Ryan Reynolds, it's 101. But what that actually means is it's 11. But I mean, the thing with Prince is it was a, well, 11. Um, yeah, yeah sorry. No, um, <laughs> sorry but, for your loss. But with Prince, it was a very, um, how do you say, it was very spiritual. Yeah, pure. Because I remember I was in India and we had a closed economy, so we didn't get outside music. But my sister was studying abroad. So she would put, so when she was coming to India the day before, she would put a cassette into her music boombox thing and she would record all day, like three hours of radio and then flip it around. And then she would come and she would toss it at me and be like, here kid, she's much older than me. So I would get these like bits of Americana sitting in Lucknow, not even Delhi. And it would be things like Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. And I was like, where's the, what? <laughs> I mean, I'd never heard of these places. And it was like the sun and fun of Walt Disney World. And you were like, where's, what? And there was a song. And it was When Doves Cry. And I remember hearing that and thinking, I couldn't think of anything else. I didn't know Prince. I didn't know Purple. I knew nothing. I, mean, I didn't know Anheuser-Busch. It was a beer ad. Um, I thought it was Mr. Anheuser-Busch. Anyway, so I heard the song and I remember pestering my sister and saying, who's the song? And she was like, oh, it's Prince. You don't know anything, blah, 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 blah. And then, 14, almost a decade later, I came to England to study. And I remember my friends Liz and Simon saying, I was obsessed with Prince, but I knew nothing about anything. And then I was like, Prince, Prince, Prince. They were like, what? It's like someone who had 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 gone into a coma, forgotten everything except Prince. You know what I mean? They were like, I didn't know where he lived. I didn't know anything about him. Did you know him. what he looked like? Not yet. I was like, Prince, Prince, Prince. They were like, are you okay? Um, and then, and of course in this country, they're like, is it a member of the royal family? Like, who the fuck are you talking about? But anyway, and then they took me for my birthday to his concert. But, and by then I had posters and this and that. So that was kind of an almost spiritual thing because I didn't have any idea about him. It was just this song and then all his music. That was like a, yeah, different, that's that's a different level. Well, it's yeah. a shame that he's died because you are 93% compatible according to Margaret. And I always thought I was According to the science, excuse according me. According to the not science, to sorry. Not and also he's a Gemini like me. Well, there oh, you go. There you more go. science. Yeah. More, more science. 
Okay, let's do our guilty crushes and our feminist crushes. Okay. Okay, my guilty crush, um, I thought Rolf Harris was hot when I was a child. Oh, God. He did a well-known children's television show in Australia where he used to draw things on a wall and say, can you see what it is yet? Yeah, we had it I didn't know. I didn't know that I was his type. Oh, God. <laughs> so wait, what's the guilty crush? A crush I you're obviously cut that out because that did not go well. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know who he really was. I didn't know. But he was a handsome was man. Guilty. And I just, well, I thought he was. Okay, fine. <laughs> He's, this is the guilty crush. Don't so judge me. the idea me. is you have a crush, but you shouldn't have. Okay, yeah. well, so then like we'll a, just we're go doing into my illegal... crushes to make it a matter up. Do you have a guilty so, crush? Well, I mean, this isn't me, but my, um, my friend's mother... Talking about Osama bin Laden and said, but he's just got such kind eyes. No! <laughs> what? What's the your what's what the heart wants? What's your guilty crush? Um uh, Tommy Lee Royce from Happy Valley. I know, I know. But he is but at least character. fictional. He's fictional. It's the safe. killer in Happy Valley. No. No. Do you know what? I'll tell you something about that. I went to a play at the Almeida and he was in the audience and all the War and Peace No, he wasn't in the audience because he's a fictional character. Sorry. Yes. The the actor who plays him, who was called James Norton, was in the audience. (laughs) But I just watched Happy Valley and I'd binge. And he was like right in front. He was like in the chair in front of me with the War and Peace cast because he was also in War and Peace. I was so creeped out. And I said to my friend who was in the play, oh my God, he was in the... And I just felt like I was there with a killer. And he went, don't be like that, because he's an actor as well. He was like, please don't be like... Because I don't want to... You know, if I play a psychopathic killer, I don't want people... I said, normally I'm not. Normally I know lots of actors. Normally I'm not. But there was something about the performance that was so compelling. It was incredible, yeah. I honestly was scared of him in the foyer at the Almeida. Amazing. Really, really amazing. Do you have any guilty crushes? I mean, I don't think I do, because I always... I, I Go for the good boy. No, I really lean into my crushes. Like, I'm like, this is the best thing that can ever happen to two people. Right. But like, I suppose a bit could have been the first one when I was like, this is my parents' friend who's recently widowed with yeah. a young boy who I babysit and I'm 14. Yeah, might be that, too much. That, yeah, I felt, did I feel guilty? No, I just felt like that was, I was, I feel like everyone would die yeah, but if you, they could read my diary. Yeah, but if you cry. <laughs> so oh I think God, that's a kind, yeah, yeah, I wrote it down because at 14, you're so fucking smart. Yeah. I wrote it down and I gave him a code name, but like with all this detail, including the address. <laughs> so it's like, oh, when so-and-so drives from blah, 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 blah road to our house, I think, and I was like, why? But so I guess I was, I don't know if I was guilty, but I was like, this is going to be so bad. So I suppose that was a guilty thing. I think the only other time I've been guilty of having a crush is when I was in a very serious relationship and couldn't stop fantasizing about the best friend of the guy I was dating. Constantly, yes. constantly. And it was like, this is not good. This is not good. How did it end? Uh, I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I moved. I moved. May was, Martin that once, made me a bit guilty. May Martin once said, I'm a feminist, but I fancy Jafar. She needs to meet the lady who likes Os- Osama bin Laden. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Jafar's better than Osama bin Laden. Yeah, That's my again. Um, I mean, it's the eyes. I don't know. It's the guy's eyes, yeah. Okay. I'm a, this is my feminist crush. Uh, my feminist crush is Gloria Steinem. Oh. But I couldn't shag her. I'd have to make love to her. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I wouldn't want her to do anything to me. It would just be no. more pleasuring her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, too much respect to her. That's the thing. Make it would her be, do the work. Yeah. It would be respect. A, yeah. A res- Such a, a respectful. A, a respectful <laughs> sexual encounter. 
couldn't be like a fuck. Like it would be a, a respectful sexual encounter where I said, what would please you? I did it. And then I just left the room. And <laughs> left, left, no forward, left no forwarding address. Amazing. Just like, is there anything I can do for you? This, okay, great. It's done. Thank you. Goodbye. Ma'am. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just, just back out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's my feminist crush. Okay. My, um, I mean, my biggest wank bank clip is uh, Andy Murray correcting sports reporters. Yeah. About yes. <laughs> it's so hot. God, yes, it's like, so the, hot. The only, what, the only man that's done that. Well, done Serena that. Williams has done it. And, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was no, great. Yeah. No, no smile. No, don't worry about it. Just I mean, like, no. I worry he'd be a bit of a joyless shank, a joyless lover. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he'd be just like, no, I love it. <laughs> wish you could see Deborah's face this rocking at the occasional grunt because tennis players do that don't they <laughs> but listen a lot a lot of upper body strength <laughs> but no smile whatsoever and I just feel at the end he'd just say 40 love you know like and you every yeah, now and again no, he'd go advantage Murray <laughs> I just feel he I does just, not say advantage Murray I, you don't know you so but he thinks it but he thinks sure, it I'm fine with him thinks thinking. it maybe I say advantage Cable Smith yes that's what you want that's to hear that's what you want yeah. at the end advantage Cable Smith advantage Cable 40 Smith. love to you love yeah. Yeah. mic drop out the room yeah. yeah no forwarding address any feminist crushes my feminist crushes when I was doing uh, grad school at University of Chicago after I met Paula and left McGill not because of Paula but just had to move on <laughs> I uh, went to University of Chicago and I was doing a course in the law faculty and the professor was Professor Martha Nussbaum. <laughs> Thank you. Is that Paula applauding? No, Paula's back there. I don't, do you Nussbaum. know Professor Nussbaum or you've read her work or <laughs> love her work? Anyway, love her work. But here's the thing. You love her work. She's, yeah, she's fucking hot. Mm-mm. And also, I don't know if many of you know lady professors. And I wanted to be one. So I say this not with any, I'm not looking down they don't dress or look like they're intending to ever have sex with anybody, okay? Hashtag not all. Not all, but often. I just think lady professors is what my mother would say. My mother says, oh, she's a a lady doctor, the new one I've got. And I'm like, you don't need to say lady, just doctor is fine. No, but I'm talking about female professors often dressed like they've literally been put to the washing machine and shot into the class, which is fine. (laughs) Because you're there to hear what they have to say. Martha Nussbaum used to dress like she was had just come from a Vogue shoot, very crisp, very bright. And she had been a lover of Amartya Sen, who was a Nobel Prize winning economist. Mm. And, but she was still a law professor. I used to run to the law class and sit in front because in the law faculty in America, they always call you by your surname. And my surname is Venkat Narayanan. Oh, well, hang on. I haven't put that in the and science. The, and, the, <laughs> and the first This is going to take a lot longer. And the first day when she was calling everyone out, she looked directly in my eye and she said, Miss Venkat Narayanan. And I was like, oh my God, I think I came. Um, and then I remember running past the classroom of another professor that was very famous at the time at University of Chicago. It was Obama. Uh, but people were like, oh, this guy, Barack Obama. I was like, fuck this guy. I'm going to Martha Nussbaum. So never went to his class. 
which I could have also attended, oh. went straight to sit in front of Martha Nussbaum. God, I had the hots for her. Wow. <laughs> and she's written some incredible books. And she's also written a book. Is it on fear or anger? She's written the philosophy. Yeah. A, f- a book on philosophy, a law professor who writes on that and is hot and can say my last name. Wow. I mean, Obama can suck it's, it. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird you say that because I put the Obamas down as my threesome gr- guilty feminist, my guilty feminist threesome crush. Because that would be terrible. Well, you would only be looking at Michelle the whole yeah. time. Well, I'll no, I'll tell you. I'll tell You'd you what. You'd be so conscious of your upper arm. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> Is the reason it's my guilty feminist crush. It's guilty because of his foreign policy, but it's feminist because of her arms. <laughs> and I, I just Fair think, enough. I had a dream about them when he was in the White House first. I had this really intense dream one night. He had me in the Oval Office up against a wall because there's no corners there. And he was really like, oh my God, he was so sexy. And then he took me through for a walk through, like, the Rose Garden and stuff, and we bumped into Michelle. And she took me to one side. She was nothing like how she normally is. She, she looked like herself, but she was really like, you know when someone's got their stage face and then they're very different backstage? You know, when sometimes comedians are like, hey, and the backstage like, uh. and she was like, she just looked at me, and she, he had to go and do something presidential. And she just looked at me, and she went, you're not special, you know. <gasps> he's got, don't think you're special. He's got, he's got, he does this all the time. And she was really like, and I felt so bad because, you know, they were married and had children. And I was, but I, in the dream, I still wanted to do it. You know, like I still wanted to, we hadn't consummated the affair. And I, I was like, I was like, oh, oh, I shouldn't now, definitely shouldn't. And it was a real guilty feminist dream. And I guess I, I woke up before I had to make the terrible moral dilemma decision as to whether to be unspecially shagging Barack Obama. He made me feel special. Ah. I'm sure I wasn't special. There were loads of dream sluts. I really love but... how you're telling this like it's really happened. I'm sort, of, <laughs> I'm sort of worried about our audience that they're going to go away going, you know what Michelle Obama's really like backstage? Do you no. know? No, I'm sure she would have been lovely to me. Uh, although I'm sure if I was, I was, I was moving Obama. in yeah. on Obama, she wouldn't, on Barack, she would yeah. not have been lovely yeah, to me. Yeah. She would have been like, get the fuck out of my car. Yeah. Get the fuck out. I don't, but, but he's always been so like like adoring of her that I don't think you could really get past that. Yeah, that's true. This is the thing. One of the, the sex appeal of Barack Obama is how much he loves Michelle. And that spell is broken as soon as he turns his yeah. eyes on you. Yeah, 100%. People say the same about Tom Selinski and me. 100%. They do. They go, I yeah. just love, they, they say it to him, they say, I just love the way how you adore Deborah so much. And he's like, well, what fucking, he's, and they say it's so hot. And he goes, what fucking use is that to me? He doesn't really say it like that. No, I can't. I can't see Tom saying that. No, no. he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he blushes. Just, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's more. He just sort of says the irony is of that. Of course, is as soon as I go, how are you, little lady? Oh, I don't is think Tom says line? that either. Yeah. I don't. This is a very yeah. poor depiction of Tom. Okay, is, I don't think he's ever said, "Oh, little lady," to anybody. He he hasn't cut poor, that out, Tom. Because I've made Tom. you little, poor I've, Tom. No, poor Tom. Poor Tom. Poor long-suffering Tom. Everyone feels sorry for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Tom has me. He is more than lucky. Very. Agreed. Hashtag feminism. I thought that would get more of a cheer from the crowd. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, they, all here. <laughs> no. they just sat there as if I said I was from New York. And went, oh. <laughs> what ifs? <laughs> um, we have to finish because we're 10 minutes over. Um, do you have anything to plug, Cindy V? Anything we should watch, go to? So you're a movie star now. We'll watch all your movies. Is there anything else... 
And I just want to say, I'm delighted to see that you are now a movie star because the first your first acting role was in my film. I was Inspector Raj. Yes, that's right. No, you taught me how to not collapse in front of a camera out of fear. And now you've actually been in Matilda, like a proper big role in Matilda, which is so huge. Which is great, which was great. Do I have anything to plug? No, I'm taking the summer off. So I'd just like to say to everyone, I've had a lot go on in my life the last couple of years. I'm taking the summer off. And um, I wish someone reminded me of this all the time. So I'm going to remind all of you, try and just be present and be well. What a great plug. That's the best plug we've ever had on a good cast. Be pleasant. Be pleasant and well. I mean, um, this obviously leaves me in the position of not being able to plug anything. (laughs) Sorry, what? Just be well. No, 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 be be well. No, but but I have nothing to plug. If I had, that would be like, fuck your wellness, go watch this. Like, you know, but I don't have anything to plug. I'm just going to ask you again, have you got anything to plug? Uh, Yes, come to the uh, Crushed by Margaret K. Bourne-Smith at the London Podcast Festival on the 15th of September, 2023. Do you know who your guest is? I don't think I'm quite allowed to announce it, but we, they're really, really good guests. You could say it in the room. You could say it for here, we cut uh, it out. Catelyn Moran and Sally Hughes. It's good, it's good. Okay, I'm sure that's going to sell out when you announce it. I have something to plug. London Podcast Festival, we're doing uh, A Guilty Feminist and A Global Pillage. That's a deep cut. Bringing Global Pillage back for one, one show, which is like a, a panel show, but about all of our, you've both done it, about our social norms in different uh, countries and uh, cultures. Um, and uh, my play, Never Have I Ever, starring Susan McComa, Greg Wise, and Woo! Alexandra Roach and Amit Shah. It is going to be on at Chichester, which is, you have to take a train out of London to see it, but you can get a train back on the same night. Don't panic, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I wrote it, and I'm working very hard in the rehearsal room. Brilliant director, Emma Butler. It's a feminist play, and it's about lots of contemporary issues, but it's also, it's a comedy, and it's plot twisty-turny four people in a restaurant that's closed uh, doing a drinking game and uh, catching up from university. But it's also about sex and money and identity and all sorts of contemporary feminist things. If you don't come, it's weird because we're friends now. <laughs> it is selling very, very well, actually. So if you'd like a ticket, seriously, get one. If everyone could get your phones out, go onto your app where you get your podcasts. And if you could just follow or subscribe to Margaret Cable's uh, Crushed with Margaret Cable Smith. It, it doesn't... Even if you never listen to it. It makes a big <laughs> difference. Really and helps. It helps people, Thanks. helps other people find it. That's the big Thank thing you. you can do. Even if you never listen to one episode, just doing that is going to help Margaret. And we all love Margaret now, don't we? Listen yes. to Deborah's episode. Deborah's episode's brilliant. Um, no one seems to be getting their phones out, so that's not working. No, it's okay. not um, Yes, look, phones, Yay! phones, be supportive. Thank you. Thank and if you. you don't follow or subscribe to The Guilty Feminist, you just listen to it by finding it. If you could do that for that as well. And if you could go on, review us and give us five stars, that helps people find the podcast. I mean, I think you should give it what you want to give it, honestly. No, but you have no, to you tell people to give it five that. stars. Yeah. No, no, just un- give it five stars, okay? Yeah. Thank you, I'm darling. with Sindhu. Thank you, darling. Can I have a huge round of applause for the incredible Cindy B? <laughs> You have been listening to Crush by the Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, Margaret Cable Smith, and our very special guest, Sindhu V. The recording engineer was Grumpy Lazimbra. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selesky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Craftsman, Gina Dicio, Zaina Mohammed, and everyone at Soho Theatre, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. say exactly I don't know if I can say I don't I can't say who it was sorry so not
<laughs> um, bleep that. Cut. We'll cut that out because I think she said, did she say don't tell or do tell? I can't remember. Okay. I'm never telling you anything. No, no, no. Best, best not to. Best not to. Okay. Another girl in my year. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 